It's Thursday, August 6th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, celebrating his triumphant return to the Premier Beer League, J.P. Shadrick! Uh, who said I ever left? First of all, I was never demoted from that. Welcome in, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick from the home studio. Jeff Lagerman from his home studio. Logs, what's happening, man? It's all good, JP. It's all good. Excited uh, to be one step closer to hopefully having a football season. Well, you know, as the weeks go by here, we have a little more football activity going on, which is nice. The opt-out days today, and then, you know, players are on the field going through that that ramp-up period now, and then next week when we talk, maybe there'll be some actual on-field things happening by then. Yeah, and I think... uh... I think we're going to hear some more news about other players deciding to opt out. I mean, right now, uh, the Jaguars had an additional guy, Rashawn Melvin, the cornerback, the veteran that they signed in free agency. He opted out. And, uh, I mean, who knows who's going to come in at the deadline. And, uh, and I have a feeling that around the league, I think the number is over 50 as of last count yesterday, and I haven't seen the updated numbers. I'm sure it's going to get to be a little bit more as we uh, we hear news around the league today. But here, here's the other thing, JP. Just because a guy doesn't opt out now doesn't mean that he's going to just decide, I'm going to opt out for the season and just not take a stipend. You know, because that's what kind of the timing of why they're opting out now. You can opt out now and receive $150,000 stipend, which you have to pay back from next year's salary, and uh, and then you don't play this year. If you have a medical condition that gives you a reason to opt out, you can get a $350,000, but it's not a stipend. You get to keep it. It's uh, There's no strings attached. But the question still remains, that, look, there's going to be some guys that get involved in this process of preparing for an NFL season and are not going to like what they see. And they're not going to like maybe the feeling that they have when they decide to have contact with their teammates or have contact with opponents and say, i I, I got to pass on it. And in that case, they're not going to have any of that money to kind of keep, but other than what they have made thus far in the season. So uh, I would not be surprised if we see uh, 10s, 20s, maybe 30s, I think, of players in the National Football League that decide to opt out, you know, after this deadline that was imposed at 4 p.m. today. And just not worry about the money at that point. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look, if you if you feel strongly about something and you're not comfortable playing the game, because here's the deal, JP. I mean, right now, everything's hunky-dory, okay? We're, the players are socially distant. They're having meetings that are virtual. They're lifting in their own little cocoon. They're uh, having all their meetings in their own little cocoon, okay? But at some point, you're going to get together and you're going to have a huddle. You're going to have practice. And that's going to freak some guys out because they're not used to being close to people. You know, they've been sitting there teaching these guys, look, six feet distant, six feet yeah, distant. Right. And all of a sudden now you're asking them to huddle up and then you're asking them to, to get as close as you can to some guys and cover them or hit them or tackle them or, you know, evade somebody, I mean, whatever it may be. And it's a lot different than what we kind of have become accustomed to lately. And it's going to be a lot different than what the players have become accustomed to, accustomed to. So it's going to be a big adjustment. So it's a big adjustment walking in the door, getting used to all the protocols that they've got to follow 
But when all of a sudden they decide to hit, there's going to be a big adjustment. And then there's also going to be another adjustment when they decide to hit somebody else in a game. Because you can't play football when you're hesitant. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, hesitant or socially distant in football means the other team scoring touchdowns. That's that's what that means. Now, here's what's coming up with the show today. Doug Marone with the media today. We'll hear some of the highlights from the Jags head coach. Gardner Minshew, Josh Allen, Brandon Linder spoke earlier in the week. We'll get some of the highlights from those guys as well. We'll go around the National Football League as well. Logs, we'll start with this. You touched on it, the opt-out deadline at 4 o'clock. So about four minutes ago, officially, we'll see if any others kind of roll in right before the deadline. But three Jaguars, as of this moment, have opted out. Al Woods, Laurenti McCray, those were earlier in the week. And then, as you mentioned, Rashawn Melvin, free agent signing this past offseason. The guy has been in the league for a, a little while now, an undrafted player back in 2013, has worked his way through a few different teams. Um, so three opt-outs for the Jaguars. And, you know, there's three veteran players. Really, Al has been around the league for a long time. Lord is uh, no spring chicken anymore. He's got some experience on him. And, and Melvin's been in since 13. So... This kind of opens our conversation that we'll we'll hear from Doug on this a little later. You know, in an in a year where a young player might not have as many opportunities, if you have three veteran guys like this opting out, that should open three more opportunities for a guy at least on the practice field. What well, do think, I don't, there, there's no doubt. I mean, there's there's some young guys that are right now that are quietly celebrating. Because those three guys right there were almost assured a roster position or roster spot on this Jaguars football team. So it does create an opportunity, most likely, for a younger player. So uh, the younger player is probably going, yes, you know, you know, my opportunity just got better, you know. So, I mean, good for them. And as a football team, I think as you're trying to build it, you're sitting there, you know, if you're general manager Dave Caldwell, you're going, God. You know, here we are, you know, we, we, we filled the, some of these holes with these veteran guys, you know, to maybe bridge us until the young guys are ready to take over full time. Well, guess what? There's no more bridge, you know, and, and then next year, maybe the entire reason that you sign that guy has evaporated because maybe the young guy now gains a year of experience. And so, you know, I mean, what do you do in that situation? So it, it's kind of a, a different it's a different world, you know, JP. I mean, you know, when Doug talks about how there's absolutely nothing normal about this year, there's not. I mean, and, and even this instance where you're talking about three veteran guys that are opting out, I mean, there's what, what experience do you have to reflect back on to make commentary on this? I mean, you don't. You know, everything is new. Everything is different. And I think that's the one guarantee that we have for this 2020 season and whatever capacity it's going to be is that everything is going to be different and there will be no normal let's hear from head coach doug marone he spoke earlier today and to this topic a bit about opportunities for younger players of course we talked about it with him last week on the doug marone show as well you know and a late round draft pick an undrafted rookie those guys have limited opportunities anyway to put things on tape in a regular year with four preseason games and training camp, but it's even less so now. And that makes everybody's job much more difficult to, to give those guys a chance because it's tough enough to tell a guy he's cut off a roster anyway, but 
all of a sudden you you tell him and he hasn't had much of an opportunity, that's even tougher for Doug Marone. Anything in life, as long as you have an opportunity, um, it may not work out well. It may not even be fair, but at least there's an opportunity to at least show something. So immediately when it came out to 90 or 80, I didn't even blink my eye. I was like, I'm going to 90. I, I just feel like it's just an important thing for me and what I believe is the right thing to do. And then I think it's right for our team also, obviously. Well, the obvious part there is this is a young football team, so there's a lot of youth. Uh, I think there are 30 rookies on this roster, 12 draft picks, 18 undrafted guys. So that's a lot of young guys running around, but there may not be as many running around after that. Uh, now you start uh, the, the deadline is coming up fairly soon in a week or so to get it down to 80, but for now it's 90, giving them a chance to do something. Well, let me kind of reflect back on what Doug's talking about, how he wants to give those guys a chance. I mean, look, uh, are these guys going to get a great opportunity or a great look? Probably not. I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. And as a football coach, when you're trying to decide what your roster makeup is going to be, you're, you're going to go to something that's a little bit more proven and then you have more of a track record on than something that is totally unproven. And that's the reality that of a veteran guy, he now has a – significant advantage because coaches have a a trust factor or a belief that this guy can do it well for a lot of the young guys you need to see some repetitive history with a young player to get comfortable with that player and it's hard to accomplish that when you're talking about there's about 11 padded practices that uh, is going to happen before the jaguars this year before they have to make a decision to get their roster down to a game day type situation where they're at 53. Now the roster being at 90. Now the 90 right now allows them to take a look at a lot of the young players, but once they get to the situation to where they are practicing, I don't think they're going to be at 90 anymore because if you're at 90, then you have to split the practice up and, uh, and look, if I've got two coaching staffs, I don't have a problem splitting up and having two practices, but I've got one coaching staff. There's not enough time in the day to be able to do that. It's time to get focused and get prepared for the season. You know, you can't sit there and say, well, we've got to develop this guy. We've got to develop that guy. Look, they need to develop on their own, and if they can get on board, they get on board. You know, but you've got to get ready for a football season. The clock is going to be ticking, and I expect the Jaguars, when it comes to getting ready to have any, a practice, a real practice, They'll be down 80 so that they don't have to split the squad. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about a junior varsity and a varsity squad. Guess what? This is the NFL. No, be ready and, to play or you're not playing. And, and let me add this, JP. You know, Doug Marone talked about how he referred back, and this was last week, and he talked about it in this press conference. He talked about how he reflected back on his time as a college coach and said, okay, what did I do as a college coach to prepare guys for a season? We well, didn't have preseason games. Well, yeah, the big difference is, though, is that in college, you get to keep everybody. You know, they're all there, okay? You get to keep everybody. And guess what? If you have 10 walk-ons, you can keep them, too, if you want to. In the NFL, doesn't work that way. You know, you, you've got to make a decision. You've got to make a pretty quick decision and say, can this guy play or can he not play? Let's hear from the quarterback. Gardner Minshew spoke for the first time in training camp back on Tuesday. And as you might expect, Logs, he, um, he's an interesting cat. He had a lot of things <laughs> happen in this press 
press conference. He he barks about what to expect from the offense this year and how he's improved in the offseason. But, you know, he was a little delayed in coming to camp because he found himself on the reserve COVID-19 list. And for Gardner Minshew, that was a, a little bit of a struggle the first day out. Yesterday, it had been like the first day of school, you know, like had my outfit picked out and everything. Had to stay at home. That sucks. Missed out playing with all my friends. Uh, but, yeah, you know, did not contract the virus. Uh, it took one luck at me, ran the other way. Uh, it's probably in its best interest. So um, here we are. We're back on Tuesday, ready to roll. Excited to go play some football. There is always a soundbite or three or four that come out of a Gardner Minshew press conference that you'll run for a long time. This adds to that list a lot. It's pretty good stuff from the quarterback. Well, the, there was a couple things that certainly made you uh, made you chuckle. One that the you know the virus took one look at me and decided to turn the other direction. Uh, the other part was yes, him barking like a dog. I don't know exactly who was on the uh, uh, Microsoft Teams meeting. I don't know if it was Gene Fernand or I think it was, it was John Shipley of uh, I think Shipley? it was John Shipley officially. Okay. Yes, had a dog in the background barking. We, which looked, we I mean, accused I, we accused like three different people, but we found out it was John. <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, look, it happens, and Minshew decides to bark back. But the most interesting thing to me was, and if you listen to him, and then you also, if you read the transcript, he said something to the effect, because he was talking about him and the wide receiver that he's roomies with, and he said something about, oh, well, we got the antibodies down in Boca. And I almost got the impression that he was telling us that he got the virus down there in South Florida so, but I mean, am I, am I misreading that? Nobody kind of followed up. Nobody with it. followed up yeah. on that, but I mean, yeah. but that's the, what he said. I mean, if you go back and you read the, the script, or if you go back and you listen to his press conference, he talks about how, you know, he said they got it when they were down there working out. And I said, well, somebody please follow up with that. And nobody did. So I'm not saying that he had it. I'm just saying that it made me wonder, because if you go back and you watch his press conference and watch the video, it gave me the impression that he did have COVID-19, which is fine. I mean, look, I mean, there's millions of people that are getting infected, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. But it also, and I'm not saying it could be a good thing, but if your starting quarterback has the antibodies, he's already been through COVID-19, and there's less of a chance of him contracting the virus once again, I mean, that could be a good thing for a football team. Doug Marone had some comments about Gardner Minshew, and as you might expect, Doug is not a social media maven, Logs, so he doesn't see a lot of this outside noise about the quarterback. He does see a different side of Gardner. There's so many people that tell me, you know, all those things about, you know, social media, RVs, and uh, all that stuff. I see the guy that comes in with, with, with a, a mission and, and a focus every single day. You know, so, uh, you know, when he's here or around myself, and not to say that we might not laugh about something or joke, we do, but I don't see that, that other side uh, that people will be say the the quirkiness of things of that nature. He's a, uh, you know, maybe I bring that out in people. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just saying. I see a guy that's focused and you know is ready to go. And and every time he's here and he's working, he's on a mission and he's really working with his teammates. 
So, I mean, obviously that's a great sign when the head coach sees that part of him in the building. And, you know, he looks a little stronger. We see him, if you're watching on Jag's social, he's been in the weight room a little bit and has kind of dedicated himself physically, which you would expect from from Gardner. That's the kind of guy he seems to be, Logs. Well, he, he definitely, he looks more tone. And uh, the, the one thing I think about Gardner Mitchell, I remember last year, my first impression of him when he was out there on the football field, I said, boy, he looks like a fullback. You know, looks like a walk-on fullback. I mean, he doesn't look like a quarterback because he, he does, he's a little shorter in stature. And, uh, and that's probably one of the reasons why that uh, he was drafted where he is. I mean, the reality is, is that, I mean, does he look tall and lean and like a quarterback? I mean, he doesn't. You know, he looks, like I said, like a walk-on fullback. And, uh, uh, but nonetheless, he's, he had a very successful year. It looks like he's come back in excellent shape. He's got, uh, he's got some, some hair growing out there. So, I mean, he's going to have to watch out and make sure that that doesn't block his vision when he's throwing the football. But, uh, but I'm excited to see him play this year. And the quirkiness that Doug kind of mentioned there, he says he doesn't see it. Like, how can you not see it? I mean, he's definitely <laughs> a little quirky, but in a good way. You know, he's, he's different. And, uh, and, and I think the one thing about Minshew is, is that it's not contrived and it's not an act. It's just kind of who he is. And I think because if it is an act or if it's contrived or it's fake, that doesn't last in the locker room very long. And nor does a player, if he's fake or have this contrived, quirky act, it, it, the respect doesn't last long in a locker room. So, so that's good for Minshew because the quirkiness that actually can help him in a locker room because the quirkier you, quirkier you are in a locker room, sometimes the broader your reach is in the locker room. You know what helps broad reach as well is leading touchdown drives and winning football games. That certainly helps things too. And, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of confidence, at least early in this training camp behind Gardner Minshew. Let's come back. We're going to hear from Josh Allen. Speaking of confidence in guys, Doug Marone had a, a lot, lot of good things to say about Allen. We heard from Josh earlier this week. Showing support for frontline heroes by creating a feed the, the Frontline campaign supports oxygen workers by donating meals to honor their brave and dedicated efforts during this difficult time. Call 904-433-228 today. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity jags fans fill your wallet with one debit card that screams do ball exclusively from tiaa bank 
The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey Jacksonville, this is Joe Adib from Bono's. I just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms. We appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis. For over 71 years, we have been here for you through good times and bad. Our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon. Be safe. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. to be the best defensive player in the country, I mean, in the, in the league. Uh, that's, you know, high standards. I had a high standard last year, and I kind of achieved that goal. Uh, but now, you know, I set the bar really high for myself, and uh, I'm looking to stay there, stay at the top, and I'm going to push myself as much as I can push each year. And uh, this year, is, is I'm not holding anything back, man. I'm, I'm coming in as, as best as I can, the best version of me. Call. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. Boy, you got to love that guy, Logs. Just his mentality and the way he goes about his business and his approach, even on a call in a, in a media setting like that. You saw what he did on the field last year, but the way it's just it seems like a total package, which is a great, great sign for this organization, really. Yeah, he's uh, I mean, uh, let's face it, he's a stud. I mean, he's uh, he's a stud in so many different ways. Uh, a stud because he has great physical tools. He has the personality to make up that you want uh, your great players to have. Uh, he's got some natural leadership ability. And when, when anybody walks in the door and immediately kind of latches on to the coattails of Calais Campbell and says, I'm going to follow this guy because I want to be like this guy. Uh, to me, I mean, holy cow, that's exactly what you're looking for. When you have young players that come in that think they know that and they think they've been there and done that, that's not the type type of player that you want. The, the players that come in that are wanting to be a sponge 
and realize that they have so much to learn. Those are the ones that realize that their ceiling they haven't reached yet and that they're going to do everything possible to try to become better players. And, and I loved listening to his interview. I loved listening to him talk about how he prepared for the season and that obviously with all the restrictions that were in place, he did the smart thing. And then he went out and he got somebody to take him through workouts. Uh, he took and leaned on the advice of Clay's Campbell about trying to take care of your house and your business and your body first before you worry about anybody else. And I think that's the definition uh, of a leader and that you do have to take care of yourself because in, in the NFL, the reality is this. You can be a great leader, but if you're going to be a leader, you've got to make sure that, number one, you're doing the right thing and that you're a good football player. Because if you're not a good football player, do you think everybody else is going to listen to you? No, no. You've, you've got to have a little, you got to have some game if you're going to be able to lead in the locker room. Now, I'm not saying you've got to be one of the best players in the league. You don't. But you've got to have some game. Now, I mean, he'd love to be, obviously. That's his goal is to be one of the best, if not the best player in the league. And head coach Doug Marone was asked about Allen today and his mindset. And, you know, it, it doesn't start when you show up for training camp. For the head coach, it starts much earlier than that. So immediately when the season was over, you know, I'm thinking to myself, uh, this guy gets it, you, you know, um, you know, this guy is, is all, all of a sudden starting to put together a plan for himself of, of how he, what he wants to do in the offseason, what he wants to do when he comes back and in, is envisioning himself uh, being successful on the field. That, you need that first before you need anything. Yeah, start with a plan, follow the plan, execute it, and, and help the team as a whole win football games. That was another part that Doug talked about, too. It's not just personal goals. He wants to win games. He wants this organization, the guys around him, to do well for the Jaguars to, to win football games. Uh, that's what it takes. I mean, and, and if you're going to lead this franchise and turn it around, you've got to have players that have that mindset, that they're going to be willing and they're going to be able to do whatever is best for this organization to win football games. And obviously the success of the team is more important than the success of the individual. And that's the way it's got to be. And, uh, and Josh Allen's a good football player. And, and I like the way he also is, I don't want to say taking over that Clay's Campbell role with Caleb on Chazon, but he's kind of, you know, treated him like a brother and helping him along. And that's what you got to have. You know, you got to, these, the young guys that come into your football team, you want to make sure that they latch on with people like a Josh Allen or like a Clay's Campbell because you want them raised right. And you want them to eventually to do the same thing to the younger guys. If they start latching on to some in your locker room that you're like, uh, and that, that uh, JP, we all know it. I mean, there's guys in every locker room that you sit there and you go, uh, you know, and, and we as, as media members and, and as a former player and having been in that locker room, you have guys like that, you know, and you, you just want to make sure that nobody latches on to guys like that. But you need some of those guys to accomplish your goals because they have a, a good skill set and they fill a role. But at the same token, you don't need a guy like that mentoring anybody. And, and Josh Allen is the perfect type of mentor. And he's, he's a fantastic football player. And, and I'm excited to watch him play this year because – He's going to have one year of experience under his belt, and he's only going to get that much better. That was one question to Josh Allen was, what do you need to do better? What can 
you improve upon in back. Josh Allen certainly had an answer for that. Being a complete player, man, uh, I feel like, you know, yeah, I worked on pass rush, but I worked on my whole game. Uh, you know, it, it's so big to get caught up in the sacks. You know, and this is just talking around people in the NFL. Uh, it's so big to get caught up in the sacks if you're considered a pass rusher. Uh, and I'm not trying to be considered just a pass rusher. I'm trying to be considered a great defensive player. Uh, so I'm, my main focus was stopping. My main focus is going to stop the run, tackle for losses, you know, plays that disrupt the whole offense. He added also that priority number one for this Jaguars defense logs is to stop the run. So that's coming from above, but uh, there's a reason why they have to stop the run before they even get to the opportunity to rush the passer. He knows that how much better does he need to be at least in, in run defense and being a complete player? How can he do that? Well, he's, he's got a lot of room to improve. I mean, I'm, t I'm talking a lot of room to improve because you're talking about a guy who at the University of Kentucky didn't put his hand down on a three-point stance hardly at all. And when he did, it was only to rush the passer. So he, he had no comfort level whatsoever about playing the run from a three-point stance, which, look, the reality is if you're going to play defensive end in the National Football League, you've got to learn how to do that. And, and that's something that you can see that he worked on. He's did the footwork, the hand placement, all that stuff, and he can get better at it. But I, that's what I appreciate about Josh is that even though he had a double-digit sacks last year as a rookie, which is tremendous because you're an elite pass rusher in the National Football League when you get double-digit, especially if you're a rookie. So he could just say, hey, that's the glamour. That's how my name is going to be made. That's how I make Pro Bowls, and that's what I am. I'm just going to be a, just a pass rusher. But he wants to be the complete player. And, uh, and yeah, the Jaguars got to have a strong focus on stopping the run because, JP, they weren't very good at it last year. You know, that was one of the reasons why they signed Joe Schobert at linebacker. One of the reasons that they signed Al Woods, and now he's opted out, the big nose tackle mm -hmm. veteran guy. You know, so it's unfortunate that they lost him. But they've got to get better against the run, and Josh Allen has to be a big part of that. Big body helps. I mean, he's not small guy. He's 260 tackles. That's, that helps, right, to have some stoutness to you. Yeah, and he, he's, you know, I think last year there were times that he played about 265, maybe even all the way up to 270 pounds. And, and the crazy thing is when he's 270, he still he still moves unbelievably well. You know, and, and, and compare that to Ngakwe, and this is no slight of Ngakwe because he's a great player in his own right, but he's about 235-pound ballpark. You know, so the reality is, is that you can't do things at 235 that you can't at 265 or 270. Trust me, I've been there. I've tried it. You know, I played years at, when I was younger at, at 240 pounds, and then I played years at 270 pounds, and there's obviously a comfort level for every player. And with Josh Allen, there seems to be a pretty wide comfort zone in which, which he can play at. And, uh, and when you have a guy that's 270 pounds that can, that can run like him, but, but I think the most impressive thing is that we're talking about a bigger defensive end, according to modern-day standards now. I mean, we're, we're not talking about going in league history-wide, JP, because mm -hmm. some of the modern-day standards, most of your defensive ends are 250s, 255s, somewhere right in there. Josh is a little bit bigger than that. But his wind or his ability to, to have a motor that is still running, and I'm talking his speed is at a high level through the course of a play, because there was one play last year that sticks in my mind that's just unbelievable. And then he runs one direction, he stopped, he changes direction, and then all of a sudden then he closes. And when he closed, he ran a guy down. 
Whereas most humans, okay, after the first burst would be like, <gasps> Josh was just like, it was like, he's like, all right, here we go. He's like, he's fresh. It was like, he just started. And it was the second part of the second half of the play. And I'm going, how do you do that? I mean, what a gift that he has. And it's, and it's fun to watch because I wish I had that kind of endurance in a play that Josh has. I will say that uh, I, you know, I've lost some weight lately, right? I touched two sixty before. His two sixty is much different than two sixty. Yeah, yeah, his, <laughs> this is a little bit different for Josh than it was for me. Uh, let's come back in a moment. Speaking of big guys, we'll go on the offensive line and hear from Brandon Linder. The uh, Jags remain committed to providing season ticket members with the latest updates in the twenty twenty season. TIAA Bankfield will seat approximately twenty five percent capacity this season the distancing guidelines with that in mind the jags have given members the opportunity to select from several options uh, including but not limited to physically distant seats or applying your 2020 funds to 2021 season ticket members check your emails and make your selection very soon the uh, deadline is uh, right around the corner back with brandon linder in just a moment it's jaguars happy hour on the jaguars digital network Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. When America needed us to build, we built. Masks, ventilators, shields. When local communities and frontliners needed support, Ford dealers answered. And now we're open and ready to serve you with special offers and deals across the Ford lineup. Stop by a Ford dealership or go online. We've made it safer to shop, easier to buy. Built for America. Built Ford Proud. Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. 
Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're hitting refresh now, palm trees swaying now, letting loose now, busting a move now, cranking up the beats now, hands in the air now, feeling free now. You're on Tropic Time now. And right now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, try our watermelon mojito and guava margarita smoothies. And you're tasting fruity now, sipping sunshine now, toasting summer now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. I think the gradual way is going to be better just because it's allowing us to get our bodies uh, conditioned in the shape that we want to be at to play. I mean, I don't know if a lot of guys had the opportunities to work out in a gym, you know, access to a field just with what with all that's going on. But um, I think the gradual way is going to be good. And then, I mean, 14 days doesn't seem that much, but the stuff that we're doing now, it's kind of preparing us. So I think in that 14 days, we'll be wide open and in the full swing of things. That's Brandon Linder, Jaguars center. He spoke with the media earlier this week. Jaguars happy hour rolls along. We're halfway home. The Doug Marone show starts at 5 o'clock today. We'll hear from the head coach, but good to hear from Linder. You know, a guy who's been around here for a long time and, and earlier in his career has battled some injury things, but Logs, he's, I, I think he made the point that especially for veteran players, he's, I think he called it a dream off season. There was nothing on the field at all. Right. So you should be fairly well, fresh, right? Well, I, I know what Linder's mindset is. Okay. Uh, Linder's thinking, okay, no TAs, no mini camp. I get to go more. I get to go fishing more. I get to go turkey hunt more. And so my schedule is clean. I don't have any commitments. I mean, so I know Linder, but he, but here's the deal. Brandon Linder's still prepared for the season and, and he uh, certainly, I, I don't want to say that he thought that it was the dream season, like, boy, we want to have every year like this, because the reality is nobody wants to have a year like we've had with 2020 with a global pandemic. But I think he's just referring to all the free time, no commitments football-wise, and uh, and you come back and you're kind of ready to go. Uh, but, I, you know, he also in that interview talked about the importance, and he realized the importance of the offensive line to the success of this season this year, because you're talking about a young quarterback in his second year, uh, really the first year that he has been the name starting quarterback and a defense that is going to be an offense, really that both sides of the ball is going to be plugging in a lot of young players. So if you look at any position group across this whole football team, the offensive line is probably the one that has the most consistency or will have the most consistency to it. And, uh, and obviously, and I, and I think it was one of the uh, requests that John Osher made to us, JP, all the media guys, and said, hey, I need you guys to help me write these articles. And he asked different questions. 
And one of the questions that he posed that was on Jaguars.com was, what, what is the most important position group heading into 2020? And mine was offensive line. And, and the reason I said that was twofold. One is that you have a young quarterback. You have uh, a lot of growth that's needed for him, and you got to give him room to do that. You need to have a running game, and the offensive line's got to block and lead the way because that's probably going to be the most consistent thing to the offense but also time of possession. By running the football, you also keep a defense off the field. And so I, the, the offensive line can help the defense in ways as well. So uh, this offense has got to be good. This offensive line has got to be good. And Brandon Leonard's got to be a big, a big part of that. You know, last year was the first year that he was able to make a complete season and he stayed healthy. And, and I know he attributes the diet, the Pilates, the stretching stuff, uh, and good for him. You know, when players finally find what works for them, they got to stick with it. And hopefully that, that formula continues to work for Brandon Leonard. Yeah, he got dinged up a little bit last year, but fought through it. Yeah, and, but everybody the whole gets season. That. I mean, I, everybody gets that. I mean, it's the way it I mean, works. If, if you're a football player and you don't get dinged up, you didn't play. You know, you're like on practice squad or, or you're, you're the water boy. I mean, if you're playing, you get dinged up. And that's just a fact. You know, but the whole goal is just to be able to fight through some of the dings and still be available. You know, as we, we've seen for many years, the old saying, availability supersedes what, JP? Yeah. Come on. Um, Come on. Availability supersedes what? Ability. Ability, yes. Availability supersedes ability. Because if a player's not available, it doesn't matter what kind of ability he has. And so for Brandon Leonard to be available for all 16 games last year, uh, great job. And hope, hope, hope we see the same thing this year out of him. Yeah, the the most important ability is availability. That's the way I've always different heard. Way That's to, why I was hesitant. Way to See, say. thank you. you uh, know, and, I look, knew and, and and here's the other thing, JP. I mean, the the, the offensive line's got some competition this year. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. We, we, let's, we I mean, know. let's start with that real quickly. Let's start at left tackle. Sure. That's the one, right? Cam Robinson, and That's then Will the Richardson's moving over to the left tackle position. Is this a real deal? Uh, am I breathing? <laughs> yeah, it's real. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's real. Here, look, Will Richardson last year, when all of a sudden Cam Robinson's not ready to go, and then he was asked to play left tackle, he did a really good job. And Baselli, you know, who is Hall of Fame candidate, played the position, even made the comment that look, you know, you, you leave Will out there at left tackle because he arguably has been playing better than Cam has. And so to create competition, first off, it's going to make Cam a better player. It's going to make give Will an opportunity to earn a starting job and give him motivation. And then also, in the event that Cam still wins the position, good for him. He obviously elevated his level of play. But then you also had a player who you know can play guard because he rotated last year at guard. Now, all of a sudden, he can play guard. He can play tackle. He's the, uh, the, the multi-tool that now becomes your most important offensive lineman at that sixth position because if anybody gets hurt, maybe besides the center position, he's going to be the first guy in and Will Richardson if he doesn't, in fact, beat out Cam Robinson. And then if he does, okay, well, guess what? Cam's going to have to learn how to play some guard and he's going to have to learn to play some right tackle or wherever they need him at. 
Let's uh, hear again from Brandon Linder. We, we've talked about guys getting dinged up. That happens. But the dinged up could be a little bit different this year. The social distancing and everything that's happening in the building right now is one thing. But at some point, you have to line up across from the man across from you and butt heads with him and get face-to-face, as we've talked about logs before. I asked Brandon on the call the other day, would he consider wearing that new face mask shield? You know, some guys have the visor only over the eyes, but there's an option now to wear one over the mouth and nose part of the face mask. And I asked him in general his thoughts of having to be so closely involved in the trenches. Obviously, we've been socially distancing ourselves. I've been taking this seriously. Um, I've been talking to the equipment guys about that shield, I guess, that goes above right here. But, I mean, as hot as it's been, I don't know. That's going to be tough. But, I mean, because, I mean, in the trenches, I mean, you're just right here with another guy. I mean, obviously, there's you're exhaling, there's spit. I mean, it's kind of crazy. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to take a look at it. Um, but I don't know. It might be too hot in there to wear it. Yeah, hot. And uh, at some point, you, you, he has to make calls as well. And the offensive line could be a little bit of an issue there. It, this is going to be interesting to see because you can't really know if you like wearing that until you go try it on the practice field. They haven't been able to wear helmets yet. Yeah, and I can tell you this. I'm not – I haven't seen um, it yet up close in person, JP, obviously, because, you know, yeah. we can't be yeah. down at the stadium. Um, but I can tell you this. You know, essentially what the objective is is to control this area here, which is your nose, kind of like a mask. Yeah. And – I had experience because, you know, the visor thing has been around for, for quite some time. Well, I remember back in the day that, uh, you know, like a guy like Tim Cofield and Chris Dolman and, and guys wore the, the Darth Vader mask, you know, that we used to call it because tinted out and you can't see their eyes. And, and I thought it looked pretty cool. And so I was like, you know, man, I got, I got, I think I, I want to try that, you know, see what it looks pretty cool you know maybe offensive line won't see my eyes i can look cool you know because when you're 22 you know you kind of want to look cool too you know so i put one on for practice and and uh this was in new york summertime and it was stifling (laughs) (laughs) it was it was like this this oven and it's, it's almost like being in a backyard jp that has 12 foot high fencing that is totally wood and there's no breeze versus chain link fencing and the breeze is blowing through. I mean, it's just, there's no, there's no cooling effect whatsoever to just this part, wow. you know? So and now if all of a sudden you're talking all of this part right here, I mean, Brandon's right. I mean, the, the, the heat, uh, look, if you're playing football in December, January, February, this might be okay. But Jacksonville in September? Uh, uh-uh. Mm. It ain't happening. It ain't mm. happening. Now, I don't know if, if, uh, if they can find a way to do something else that wouldn't be so prohibitive of the, of the aeration part of it getting into the helmet. I, I don't know. Uh, but, that, but that whole mask, face mask, plastic thing, as a player, I, w- I wouldn't wear it either. Let's come back around 
Football League. It's been a busy week, of course, with training camps underway. And Money Pages is helping communities save and local businesses grow through its magazine and app. Download the free Money Pages app for local savings instantly. We're heading home in a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com like working outdoors and want better pay and benefits superior fence and rail is seeking full-time fence installers who can provide first-class customer service recognized as a best place to work on the first coast they'll train you to work with their professional team and provide you with all the tools you'll need to be a top-notch installer get off the fence call superior fence and rail today and start your career superiorfenceandrail.com Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In Florida, bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities as everyone else on the road. So when you ride, follow the rules. Always wear a helmet and use lights on your bike. And drivers, watch for cyclists. Give them space to ride. And don't forget when making that right on red, look to your right first to see if a cyclist is approaching in the bike lane. We all have a responsibility to keep ourselves and each other safe. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Because safety doesn't happen by accident. This message brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. When America needed us to build, we built. Masks, ventilators, shields. When local communities and frontliners needed support, Ford dealers answered. And now we're open and ready to serve you with special offers and deals across the Ford lineup. Stop by a Ford dealership or go online. We've made it safer to shop, easier to buy. Built for America. Built Ford Proud. Welcome back. Final moments of Jaguars Happy Hour. Florida Blue is here to help you better understand COVID-19. You can share information to help protect you and your family and make sure you get the care and support you need during this challenging time. Florida Blue support extends beyond health care as they work with the community to provide meals for seniors, masks for health care workers and residents, 
funds for immediate needs and expertise on prevention. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman from our home studios. As we go around the National Football League, the deadline for opting out came and went 4 o'clock today. The players had to provide written notice by then of their intention to opt out. Otherwise, the ability to opt out later logs will be limited to specific changes in circumstances. That will include the player receiving a new diagnosis of a health condition that puts him at a higher risk or the hospitalization or death of a family member from COVID-19. And that's to receive the same talking about a little bit earlier. That's the only way after four o'clock today that can happen. Well, and then also, I mean, it, I, I think the opt-out stuff doesn't really end there. I think that uh, that we'll still have some players that uh, choose to retire and uh, and then unretire. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's not uncommon for a player to to change his mind, and so. Uh, what the player will do in that instance is that he doesn't have any opt-out money that will be at stake. He will essentially walk away from his contract and he will be paid to date. But then the other thing that this factors in there, if the player does choose to walk away, then the player may have to refund a percentage of his signing bonus or the guaranteed money that he was already paid. So that's going to be a factor. But I mean, that is always an option for the players that, Maybe after today at 4 p.m., they're not comfortable playing uh, with a, a global pandemic, that they do have the option that they can walk away and just retire. So I don't know what the number is going to be, JP. And, and obviously the deadline has passed now for the players to submit their written letter in which they opt out. Um, it will be interesting to see what the final number is, certainly. And uh, because, you know, they're, they're, this is different, you know. I mean, and, and I, I think the league and the coaches and everything that I've read from their statements about when a player d- does decide to opt out, that they have been completely understanding. I think there also has to be some understanding too that there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period once again when the players go to having practice and then the social distancing evaporates and then there's games and you're you're hitting somebody else and. You know, like Brandon Leonard was talking about, about how the face mask, you know, you're talking right here, you know, you're swapping spit and sweat and everything else, you know, because the contact is face to face. I mean, that's just, that's football. So there's got to, got to be a little adjustment period with that too. And, and I think the one thing that you hope that you don't have any hesitancy from the players, your players, when they have, or they're going through that adjustment period, because when you're hesitant, you're going to get beat. Uh, and also you could get hurt when you are hesitant. The NFL Players Association has said that 56 players have tested positive for COVID-19 since players began reporting to training camps last week. That's about 2% of the players currently on NFL rosters. You know, I, that's not a bad percentage, right? That's that's a pretty small number relative. Yeah, and I don't know. The, the NFL hasn't tested for anybody's that I know of, so... I mean, that's just in the testing protocols that they have instituted since the start of training camp. So is the percentage higher? Obviously, it would be higher. So I'm sure that some players that were asymptomatic and maybe never even knew that they had COVID and some players like Von Miller that had it and they knew it, but they didn't test positive within the league's testing procedures that started at the opening of training camp. So uh, it seems like a really low number. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, you, you try to got to get that number down to zero because if all of a sudden you have 
one outbreak, you know, then you can have a team shut down. I mean, we saw with baseball what it can lead to. Uh, where two f- baseball teams with Miami and St. Louis had major issues with trying to complete a season because of outbreaks, and you hope that the NFL doesn't have that. And uh, and hopefully the bubble that they can create will be good enough. Uh, by the way, the Marlins are in first place. They've uh, won some games since they've uh, started playing again, and they've got some some guys off of their taxi squad to come up. And um, hey, they're hot. Wouldn't that be something if the Marlins of all teams ended up in the World Series this year? Uh, probably against the Yankees. Um, we mentioned this last week, but Vic Beasley still has not shown up for Titans training camp. He did not opt out either, Logs. So his fines for not re- reporting so far. $50,000 a day for unexcused absences. So it's $500,000 worth of fines now for Vic Beasley, wherever he is. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I think he signed like a one-year prove-it deal with Tennessee because, you know, he had a, a number of years with Atlanta. You know, the Super Bowl year that he had, he was unbelievable. And then kind of the performance dropped significantly. And so he's got a one-year prove-it deal with the Tennessee Titans. Well, he's not proven anything right now you know, other than uh, – being a ghost. I mean, I, I hope he's okay. Uh, you, you hope that the individual is is not in any trouble or doesn't have any family issues or anything of that nature. But man, a little bit of communication with uh, with the general manager and head coach there in Tennessee would probably do himself some good. Uh, to, today, logs would have been the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. It's uh, amazing that uh, we would have already been teeing it up tonight at uh, Benson Stadium in Canton. <laughs> Playing in the Hall of Fame game stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I got to say, look, I, I've been played in it twice, and uh, and it was pretty cool uh, to be able to play in it just for the simple fact that the first time that I ever played in it, it was John Riggins' induction into the Hall of Fame, and and I was uh, on the field as he's driving around, and he he'd had a few beers, and he's waving, and doing his best to sit up on the back of the car kind of during the thing. And then, uh, and then the other one obviously was with the Jaguars and Panthers, but uh, having the extra preseason game is like the worst thing in the world. And especially when Tom Coughlin was your head coach, <laughs> I have no fond memories of, uh, of, of the hall of fame game and Stevens point other than it was the first year of a franchise and the birth of a franchise and all those things were positive, but the grind of that JP, eh, that wasn't so much fun. Uh, pass on that one for you. Uh, put you down yes. as a no thanks. Yeah, um, exactly. There was a tweet earlier today. James, James Palmer, NFL network put a tweet out earlier uh, today. It was one year ago. They were covering joint practice practices between the Ravens and there was an, he made a point about Lamar Jackson's performances in those days. Uh, it was like, what, this guy is, is really improved. He looks great as a quarterback. Well, he ends up being the MVP of the league last year. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But that was a year ago today as well. We were in Baltimore practicing against the Ravens. Yeah. And, and those we days Lamar are gone. Jackson. Yeah. I mean, that's a, well, you, what, wouldn't you like to have that back this year, you know, to where, Okay, you got your team and they're preparing for a season and you're watching your young guys against their young guys and things are normal and you're you're not worrying about socially distant. JP, we're going to the local pub across the street to get a burger and a beer and maybe some wings. I mean, those days, those days, I just wish we had more of them again. 
But JP, know. we'll just have to maybe have it's happy hour, right? This show's called Happy Hour. You know, maybe I'll have to I have to fill this up with something besides sweet tea, and uh, we can have our own little happy hour here going on. Yeah, we might have to do that after the show. But you know, that's how it works. Hey, uh, coming up, it's the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment on the Jaguars Radio Network. This has been Jaguars. Happy hour on the.